Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys who know better and do it anyway, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we're doing another reassumption rebootal. Reassumption rebootal. What does that mean? Well, a reassumption is when we find a movie from the past Mm -hmm. and we watch it again in the future to see if it aged like fine wine and got better (laughs) or if it soured like bad wine and turned to vinegar. Yes. And the rebootal part is... We find a movie that existed in the past that has a new one in the future of it. Not the future of now, (laughs) but the future of that movie. The future of Hollywood because they love to reboot things, yes. And then we'll watch the reboot, too, and compare and contrast and see which one's better and who did the better job and what came out best. There you go. We've done it with Clash of the Titans. We've done it with Red Dawn. And now we're going to do it with Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, I am the law. The movie's based off of the DC property, which I believe is actually from a UK comic. I, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I went. And I found this out in my research. Like, it is a DC property, but they were like the redistributor. Yes. Like, this is all UK. It was part of like a pulp serial comic series that yes. was like a one shot in. It's pretty crazy. So, and I guess just a little. So, Judge Dredd. Let's get into what the comic book's about. Mm-hmm. It's a post-apocalyptic world mm-hmm. where. There's these mega cities where all the people live and everything else is apocalypse in between them. It's cursed earth, yes. And the mega cities are very cyberpunk looking. It's kind of a cyberpunk sci-fi future mixed with Mad Max in between. Yes. And in the city, I think it's the mega city is the one that it's set in. Uh, there's Mega City One. I think there's Mega City yeah. Twelve. It's just yeah. the, these are all the hubs where they have all the humans. And the the Mega City that Judge Dredd is in. I don't know if they're different between Mega Cities. If the laws are different, but basically the authorities, the police are judge, jury, and executioner. And all in one. It's so convenient. Yeah, so convenient. So Judge Dredd is one of those judges, and the comic book, from what I understand, I haven't read tons of it. I've just, I think maybe I picked up an omnibus once and leafed through it and it has that very british kind of dark humor mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of the stuff that's in warhammer Forty Thousand, where it's like dark and grim but it has like kind of a cheekiness to it a very it's very british it is very i didn't learn it was british until i went and did research for this but i'm with you like it has that sort of V for Vendetta gives me yeah, the same sort yeah, of vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you can tell there's a little bit of parliament and like tradition and royalty behind it and like dark, shadowy systems, but also it has like the sly humor, the satiricalness to it. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Exactly. So that's where we're coming from. For these movies, that's what the fans love. The fans love that whole kind of. It's also, you know, it has a little bit of too, because I think of like hyper violence. It's kind of got Clockwork Orange type, you know, how that oh, has absolutely. that. Because Clockwork Orange is, is supposed to be kind of in the future, I guess, right? And I yep. guess, maybe. It's hard to tell. It's kind of an out of time, one of those weird things. But it has that very British, I don't know, what the, the postmodern? 
feel. I, uh, I post, postmodern is good because it's not necessarily a dystopian future, right. but it is like here's what things might be like in the foreseeable future if we turned everything up to eleven. Yeah, like exactly. if you turn police up to eleven or guns yeah. and the end of the world up to eleven, you get this sort of outcome, and we're going to talk about it. But yeah. yeah. So someone somewhere, I don't know how much research you did, uh, and decided like uh, this happened in the '90s. In the '90s, I guess there was a push for making some comic book movies. Absolutely. And I think because one of them hit well, which would have been Batman. Batman, that would have been yeah, yeah, the Tim Burton Batman that went over really well. And you know how Hollywood is. <laughs> It's it's like, hey, that worked. Let's do that a lot now. Yes. Oh, that made money. Let's make more money. Yeah. And for some reason, does that ever work? I mean, does it ever work? Uh, I might be giving away my answer about this movie entirely, but uh, not in the 90s. It didn't work. <laughs> it's working better now. Yeah, but well, well, better now. But I'm saying if you're talking about comic book stuff, it's basically one studio doing them all. I'm talking True. about just in general mm-hmm. when Hollywood gets a hit and they're like, Let's make a whole bunch like that. How often do you end up with like a slew of like different, all these different production companies all making great? For example, I'm just going to give a weird example. Go for it. Forrest Gump comes out. It's a huge hit. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, let's make a whole bunch of movies like that, which they actually did if you look at it, but you don't know any of them because they all were bad. And Forrest Gump remains the reigning champ of it. Exactly. Yes. So uh, I'm just saying, if you guys know an example, please write into us, (laughs) assumingpositions at gmail.com. I would love to see an example of here's like a kind of movie and then it got popular and here's a whole bunch of other ones that are almost as good or close to good because I don't think it ever happens. Yeah. It's rare that (laughs) like the second and third wave outdoes the first wave. I'm with you. Yeah. Because there's so like think about there's so many crappy early 80s Star Wars knockoffs. I think Battlestar Galactica was the only one that got even close. (laughs) Right. So it happens. So Judge Dredd must have been a response to the Batman type stuff that was going on. I mean, what else did we have? Like they did Dick Tracy. They had Dick Tracy. You had Dark City and Blade. They're pulling out all. Well, Blade's kind of well. The Blade's arguable. Blade's arguable, but still, that's more culty. I would say they're looking for the blockbuster that Batman was. Yep. So Judge Dredd. My first note of this 1995 Judge Dredd. My first note is made by no one I recognize (laughs) at all. But starring tons of people you recognize. Starring a whole, like a big Hollywood listening name. Yeah, yes. I mean, we've got, well, the main title, Stallone is Judge Dredd. Rocky is Judge yeah. Dredd. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. We've got yes. Sylvester Stallone as Judge Dredd. Diane Lane as his sidekick. I forgot about that yeah. from my first viewing, but right. I was happy to see her show up uh, back up again. Um, and Rob Schneider's in this movie. For oh, reasons. For reasons. Because it was 95, and he was huge then, I guess. Maybe, sure. It's true, yep. Thank you for your daughter. She's a great singer. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, Max von Sydow. Yes. The great Max von Sydow. And then uh, the main villain, Armand Asante. Mm-hmm. And is there anyone else of note, really? The that's rest are just sort of like B-list. Like, I know that face. They've been actors. in something else. But that yeah. is basically the tier that we're dealing with. Yes. And all the conflicts are revolve around those five characters. Yes. Yes. So we start off in Mega City, right? We do. We're going to kind of go roughly scenish just to get through. It's only a 90-minute runtime, this movie. Uh, and I'll say this right now. An hour and a half movie is my favorite movie length. <laughs> so this gets points for me just for being the 90s. Like, hour and 30 minutes, you're done. Whether you buy into it or not, you're done in an yeah. hour and a half. 
I love that. I wish they would go back to that. <laughs> now movies have to be three hours, and that could be a whole rant. Yeah. But yes, hour and thirty minutes, absolutely. Uh, first act is all uh, it's all world building. We get yeah. the opening crawl with James Earl Jones, <laughs> Darth Vader giving us the lowdown of like this is a cursed Earth and everything is dead, and also there's judges who are police, jury, and executioner now. And then it just dumps us into this dystopian futuristic world that I'm curious to what you think, because when I first saw this futuristic world, I was like, this could be so cool. It could be like a Blade Runner. But then it just comes across like Back to the Future 2, like Super Mario World future, where everything is bright, but also grimy and bad, <laughs> but also good. I don't know. I got super Star Wars prequel vibes oh? out of it, like Coruscant stuff. But also mixed uh, with a little bit of, like you said, cyberpunk. It's like if George Lucas did cyberpunk. Yes. Like this era George Lucas, not 70s era George Lucas. Like (laughs) 90s era George Lucas did cyberpunk. But I actually kind of liked it. I liked the aesthetic of, of it. I thought it looked good. And when you look at the comic, it looked right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it looked like it was... I thought it was pretty cool. The special effects looked... They obviously had a Stallone budget. Yes. So the special effects were good. I, mm-hmm. I didn't have any problem with the special effects. None of it made me... There was a few times when you could tell, oh, this is 90s, but it seemed like there was a lot of practical in there, and we know practical holds up. I was going to shout it out myself, but practical holds up way more than any sort of CGI you can do, yeah. and that's a that's a benefit for this movie is that a lot of it is more like there CGI does show up a few times and I have I have a couple moments in my notes that I'll talk about but for the majority of this movie it's all practical yeah. and for good like it works it's a benefit to this movie absolutely we meet we meet Hershey and another judge who's judge redshirt I guess cuz he doesn't <laughs> last very long and there's a block war happening now the first thing I noticed with this block war seriously now I'm not trying to be woke or anything but I 100% noticed that everyone was white that's true. Everybody. Now, I'm not trying to be woke because later on when we, we meet plenty of other characters of all other races and stuff. But for some reason, I'm like, were they making is like, uh, is this mega city segregated? Is that what, what's happening? Or do, I don't understand this part because I was sitting there going like, yeah, I was like, you. these are all white guys, white men. It was all white men because it looked like some kind of like fraternity from like the 60s or something that <laughs> was having a riot. You know what I mean? I'm with you. I think that may be, like, if we had to chalk it up to something, I don't think it's wokeness. I I don't think it's intentional, but it might just be British. Like, every time you have a British movie, it's always just British white guys. It's possible. And it it was like MTV spring break out of control. I mean, (laughs) the the acting of the guys were, it was so not... Oh, it was so not good. Not at when all. When they're up there, like, let's have a riot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't, there wasn't any like intent, like freedom fighters. This is, it was just no. like chaos is fun. Yeah. Yeah, dude. High five. We're shooting guns. Get more ammo. <laughs> yeah. Poor trigger, tr- poor trigger control. Let's go. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then they're calling for backup and Judge Dredd shows up. And he's like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're waiting for backup. And he's oh, yeah, backup. Oh, my God. Stallone is so Stallone-y in this. I am backup. <laughs> you know, right? I am the backup. That's it. I don't know. We can do our hot take here, yeah, now, here dude, and now. Let's do it all through. The Just pepper it all through. So, Stallone, are you pro-Stallone or are you anti-Stallone? Cause like, not in this movie. Not in this movie? Okay. I mean, he's great in Rocky because I think he was playing himself. And I think that's why he was so lauded then, because 
people thought he was a good actor, but he was just being himself, I think. Yep. And I guess that is kind of a talent to be yourself when cameras are rolling, but he's never not been Rocky ever since. And he's never not been himself, yeah. Because Rambo is just Rocky with a machine gun. That's it. And, and more steroids. Yep. And then everything he's ever been in is just more Rocky doing something else. So now this is like Rocky is in a comic book for some reason. Yeah, now he's in the dystopian future. He has a cool little police sort of uniform and shield and oh badge and armor. And that, the, That's the funniest thing is that they got that costume like exactly right, but it doesn't look right in real life. <laughs> I mean, it looks right in the comic book. And yes. they did a good job of honoring what was in the comic book, but... Sometimes you have to tweak. I mean, that's one thing Marvel's good at. I'm with the you. MCU is that they'll make them look like they look in the comic book ish, ish, and then they're factoring in like how would the real world actually? Yeah, because you can draw stuff that exactly. looks cool in a drawing, but yep. in on a real person, it looks goofy. <laughs> and uh, that was one thing that got me like the vehicles, the backgrounds, the aesthetic of it was great. Mm-hmm. But so much of the like costumes and armor and stuff, it looked like cosplay. Okay, yeah, especially I, I see the, that. Especially that I I couldn't. There was like a distinction. There was like different levels of judges or whatever they were. But there was like the white armored guys, the prison guards that looked yeah. like stormtroopers. Yes. That was the goofiest looking. It looked like cosplay, and the, the, their stupid guns. I don't know if they're supposed to be like mini guns or whatever, but they just look like they took like a Quaker Oats can <laughs> or a couple of them and stuck them together. To you know what I mean? It, it was I'm so. And then when it shot, it was clear that they just had like a little flame. It, it that gun looked horrible. I get it. The rest of the guns in the thing were fine. That whole I was like, nice cosplay, bro. <laughs> But that's high level cosplay because you still <laughs> well, yeah. it, it fits into the world and you do believe it. But yes, those guns are sort of cheesy. Like it's mini guns that anybody can carry around, and it does look like a Quaker Oats can. But <laughs> that's balanced out by the fact that like the justices and the judges have the lawmakers, which is yeah, a, a, just on principle one of the coolest guns ever. Like For sure, you get to call out the type of ammo you use, mm-hmm. and it's registered to you. And if anybody picks it up, their brain gets fried. What a cool concept. Well, it's definitely cool. That's And that's from the comics, but I don't know, just Stallone calling out the things. I need a grenade. I need automatic rounds. <laughs> Adrian! <laughs> oh, man. And then the, the one of the things that... So he goes upstairs to take care of the frat boys that are shooting the city up, you know, judging them, you know. Got to show what Stallone's yeah, worth. Yep. Showing what he's doing, taking everybody out, action shooting. It's fine. <laughs> They should have been, you're guilty of poor acting. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You are guilty of being in a 90s sci-fi comic book movie. (laughs) And we also, we forgot, we're introduced to this movie through the eyes of Rob Schneider, who sticks out like a sore thumb in this movie to me. Yes. I think he was horrible miscast. I don't know who else they looked at. I don't know if it was just because Rob Schneider was hot at the time. I, I don't dislike Rob Schneider. What what was the movie that he did back then that was really popular? Well, he's been a he's been a pal with Adam Sandler, so he's right, been right, in right. a bunch of like Happy Gilmore's and all your Big Daddies and all that. But he did his own series was Deuce Bigelow, Mil- Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Yes, that's what it is. I like that movie. It was well, funny. Great time. Yeah, I it was funny, and that's exactly what he should be doing. Not Deuce Bigelow in space or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know. It seemed because of the way Rob Schneider is, it seemed like he wouldn't last a moment in that world. Now, the thing is, they do kind of make it like he's kind of 
They give him a hook, yeah. They do kind of make it like he is kind of soft, mm-hmm. but he's like too soft. Absolutely. And I don't know who could have played him better, but I think someone could have played him better. He's there supposed to be the comic relief. True. Yes, he's a comedian, but I just think he was the wrong comedian for this. And uh, I'm only half familiar with the comics. I'm I'm with you. I'm a fan of Rob Schneider. I'm only half familiar with the actual Judge Dredd comics, but like he's out of place because that comedic like relief doesn't really exist in the comic books. And right. I think this is something they added for this movie. And yes, it works because Rob Schneider is great, but it's also out of place because why is this character here? What is he doing? And this is the problem we've had with that I've said before with old comic book movies. There you go. Is that they basically say like, okay, here's how you make an action movie, right? Mm -hmm. And it's based on popular action movies. Like Die Hard is one of the greatest action movies ever. People aren't going to argue with it. But it has all these little check boxes, <laughs> and it seems like since Die Hard and Terminator, there's a lot of them. Yep. And I think they mix and match. They kind of Lego it. I get you. But it seems like Hollywood has a, like, you got to have a this, you got to have a this, you got to have a this, you got to have this. And the mold that the MCU broke that we talk about all the time is they stopped trying to make action, mov- the action movies. They stopped trying to be like, here's an action movie. Let's just put a comic book skin on it. Yeah, let's they, hit all the check boxes. And, yeah, they yeah. started going like, "What is this comic book like? Let's make uh, this comic book is is like this kind of character is this. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider Man's a teenager, so it's got to kind of be like a teen movie. Ant Man, he's a he's like a cat a, burglar, so yes. we got to make kind of like a Pink Panther heisty movie. Yes, and that's what they do, and that's the the code that was broken by Marvel, I think, because this is so common of movies back in the 90s Mm -hmm. that it's like i could just hear the executive no this is how you make an action movie you need to have the the marquee guy face yep the marquee face we'll get to that in a second (laughs) you have to have the comic relief obviously you have to have the love interest somebody cute yeah yeah you have to have the over-the-top villain there you go um you have to have the good guy who turns out to be bad (laughs) right no yeah um, I'm with you. And then we'll, when we get to the end part, there's a way the he- villain always dies <laughs> that happened in this movie, too. It was just there's a bunch of boxes. So when we go through, we'll talk about these check boxes. But this was the first check box. Rob Schneider was, we need comic relief. Funny guy. Rob Schneider. Check. That's it. Especially because he's such a balance to like, they have to show that Stallone as Judge Dredd is the ultimate justice. He's like, I've been doing this for so long and I've seen everything and it's got to be this way and the law, I am the law and the law is perfect and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, if, a small bit of trivia, though. Uh, it was supposed to be Joe Pesci in that role. Uh, that would have been so much better. <laughs> okay, okay. That's what I was asking you. So Yes, because Joe Pesci has that... I mean, he was in Goodfellas. He has that street grittiness. That's like it. Rob Schneider is, you're not convincing me he ever was on a street ever <laughs> unless it was a street of a suburb. True. You know? True. Yelling car when a car was coming by and his friends had to go back on the lawn while the car drove by because they were playing stickball out in the street. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm with you. But yeah, Joe Pesci would have been way better. But apparently he was, he was first pick, he turned it down, and Rob Schneider was second pick. So that's what we get. But hey, Jeez I mean, Louise, for the role that he had to fill, I, I, I give him props for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to knock on him too much. I like the guy. He seems nice. And so there's another part that I think that there's a lot of parts with Rob Schneider, and there's a lot of parts in here that you look at and you're like, I think that's supposed to be funny. <laughs> I'm not laughing, but I think that's supposed to be funny. And one of the things they put in there is in this... 
I could see how this fits into that tongue-in-cheek comedy. Did you hear Hershey say where the problem was, where she was at when she called him back up? She was on the corner of Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello, absolutely, yeah. That made me go, ha-ha. But that did make me go, now, I could see a, um, that is a kind of comedy yes. that happens once, once in this movie. Yes. And just I, as a, like an Easter egg, a throwaway, like, oh, that's funny. If you caught it, get it. That's good. But but to me, that's the kind of comedy that Judge Dredd is. It's kind of under the, I mean, it's supposed to be a little darker. And that yeah. is kind of like a, like, oh, like honk, like honk, you know, the Harpo Marks. No. Is that Harpo honks the horn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honk, honk. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't speak. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that I I that's that's the only thing that tickled me in this whole movie and I don't know why. Also like the Abbott and Costello-ness is also like I had the same vibe when they're talking about Project Janus because Janus is such like a prank call name like I'm looking for Hugh, I'm looking for Hugh Janus <laughs> like that's what you're going to name your project? Really like Come on now, think about the words a little bit. But see, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm only half familiar with the comic book, so I don't know how much comedy is in there. But for me, Judge Dredd has always been really dark and gritty, and like violent and hardcore. And the the comedy they inject is is fun, but it seems a little out of place. So I don't know. Yeah, it does. Now getting to the point of the marquee star, then this is one of the check boxes. Let's go. It's like Judge Dredd never takes his helmet off. He's like the Mandalorian. Uh, exactly. Right? Don't take your helmet off. That's fine now when you have a very handsome marquee actor in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. You know, he went through how long before he actually took his helmet off? Uh, at least uh, most of his most of the first season. I don't think it happened till second season. Yeah, I mean, it's it was it happened at the end of the first season That's when right. that he had to have Bacta on his head. But the only times his helmet and he only did it when there was a robot to see him, so it didn't count. Yep. <laughs> um, but the whole point of, of of that is that shows such a difference between now and then, because then it's like, no, Stallone's in it. He can't wear a helmet the whole time because it's Stallone, and he takes his helmet off as soon as he can. It, yeah, I, we get we got to let people see Stallone's beautiful face. That's that's yeah. Hollywood one hundred and one. Yes, and his blue eyes that he usually doesn't have. They make sure that you see he has. Blue eyes. There's a reason for that, though. That's, yeah, I, I, I know. Mean, There's a reason for that. It's but, a little detail. But it's it was so like, get him out of this costume as soon as you can type thing. It was so funny to me. And I could just see Stallone is one of those old school Hollywood guys who it's like, you know, oh, the moneymaker needs to show, you know. Yeah, they need to see my face. Otherwise, how are they going to know it's me? Yeah. It's like uh, maybe your voice and your chin and everything <laughs> you're doing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, apparently that see i was not in 95 when this came out i wasn't a huge fan of the comic book i'm with you and and but i was a nerd so it's like yay comic book movie let's go see it Mm -hmm. and i saw it and i was like okay (laughs) you know (laughs) so i wasn't upset that he took his helmet off because i didn't know he wasn't supposed to but i guess people who are big fans of judge dread were really really angry yeah, because like you're saying, that does come from the comic books. That is a thing. As like, and it's a hardcore thing. Like the Mandalorian, it's part of the code and part of yeah. the sort of like honorable system that's built into the world. But they change it for this for this movie because of Stallone reasons. So because <laughs> you gotta get that checkbox, <laughs> they gotta see my face. Oh my goodness! 
So then, is there anything more about this front part? With the, the it's block all uh, battle. It, I don't know if this is a slander or a compliment, but the whole first act of this movie is exposition because it is a comic book movie. So it's now like, here's this world you're getting into, and here's the info dump, and here's everybody doing what they should be, so you can catch up with how this world operates. But it all just boils down to like Rob Schneider's there, and also Judge Dredd's getting framed for murder. And yes, you know the rules. Now we're gonna go to a completely different lane, and just Stallone's now the bad guy? Like, what? Yeah, it happens pretty quick. I mean, we're introduced to the... <laughs> suddenly we go into the Death Star conference room. <laughs> totally Star Wars, yes. And that, that's conference room they were in. Uh, I'm sitting there going, like, it was like a reboot of A New Hope or something. You expected Darth Vader to walk in, and Max von Sydow's playing Tarkin, and Darth Vader starts choking one of the guys, and Max von Sydow's like, enough! Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> Even with the Rob, Rob Schneider's transport ship coming in that looked like he was flying into an Imperial base. I like know. Same hallway, same everything. Yeah. I'm with you. It was very like, uh, okay. But we meet Max von Sydow, who's the Justice Supreme, or what was he called? Uh, Chief, Chief Ju- Judge. Oh, it was just Chief, Chief Justice. Justice. Chief Justice. Yes. Like the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other justices were there, and you have very obvious foreshadowing that the second in command is like, we need to execute Order sixty six or whatever <laughs> it was. I don't remember. And, and you know, and we need to operate. We need to execute Project Janus. Yeah. Hugh Janus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, Max Valenciano's like, no, that's not what this is based on. Yes. And then you're like, okay, so that guy's obviously going to try and get because he's second in command. He's obviously going to try and get Max Valenciano out of the way at some point. Way too obvious. Yeah. But yeah. of course, this is paint-by-number action movie, so if you've watched enough action movies, you kind of knew that. Maybe if you'd never seen any action movie before, you might be surprised, but I was so not surprised <laughs> when that guy used the machinations to take him out. That's it. And especially because we get the B story starting to develop with Ar- Armand Sante, like, as... Uh, Rico. He- Rico, yes. Judge Rico, who's now in prison, but is getting out of prison and taking over things to get out. And he goes and gets his judge's equipment. Like, what? Like, what's going on? He looks kind of like Stallone, but he's not Stallone. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that scene though, where he's he's in the prison. Yes, and it had the cool kind of like super villain guns in the force field thing, all voice commanded. Yeah. Yes, and then he gives the the warden shows up to give him a package, and then he opens up the package, un, unfolds and like folds in. At first, it gives it has his badge in it. <laughs> And it has like the dude he's gonna has to kill. Yes, a picture of him, and then it turns into a pistol. I thought that was cool as heck, especially because it like they're having a philosophical conversation. Is he's like, what is this box? And he's like, it's the puzzle to the meaning of life. And he's like, what's the meaning of life? And he turns a little box into a gun. And he's like, life ends. Bad guy yeah. moment. Pew. Now like, I have to say, I'm gonna say now from right now. For me, Armando Sande, best actor in this whole movie. I'm me. with you. I'm with you. I thought. He was chewing up the scenery. He was being perfect, over-the-top villain, but not going too far over the top. I thought he played it perfect. I'm, I'm with you. It was great. It was great to the point that he made Stallone look so bad in the scenes where they played together. Oh, absolutely. Because Stallone can't hang. He can't. He, uh, not against that guy. No, not against that guy at all. So Armando Asante has, like, he gets a gold star on his forehead <laughs> for me. I want to see him in more stuff now. No, that's how much I liked his performance in this. But also, like, there is more stuff for you to go watch because he has a he has he's he's one of those like oh it's that guy like yeah he he's has a character a, actor yeah 
So absolutely go back and check out the rest of it. In my notes, I do have, I forgot about the twist at the end, which we'll get into later, but the fact that they pick sort of Stallone's almost exact opposite, like he looks just like him. They could be brothers, but he chews it up and he chews up the scenery and he he does such a good job. It's just like, I get that you're a bad guy immediately right off. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. It was amazing. And then the scenes with him were the best. And then he escapes from prison and then goes to like this gun dealer in cyberpunk town, which all that (laughs) again, looked great. Then we're introduced to me. We're introduced to the coolest character in the whole movie. Are you talking about the ABC robot? That robot was awesome. He was so cool looking. It was like evil Tin Man or something. I think he calls him Fido later in the movie because he's like his robot lapdog. I don't know. I just wrote down cool robot. It's an ABC droid, but this is another shout out to Practical. Yeah. That droid was an animatronic. Yeah. They actually had that on set. Right. I know. It was so cool looking too. I really like that droid a lot. That made me like a lot of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then the bad guy's like, all right, I'm starting you up. Uh, I am your master. Your command is to protect me at all times, and the mission is to go to war. Yeah. It's like, robot's like, let's go. It's like, yes, kill a robot. Let's go. It was terrific. So we're interspersed through the thing. We're seeing this reporter who's reporting on all the crimes. and stuff. He's like the TV reporter, some old guy. And he was the guy who was in the picture that Rico got when he got his badge in his gun. That's true. And well, the pistol gun. Later on, he gets his, because what he's picking up at the arms dealer is his old uniform, his old judge uniform and the... And his old lawmaker, his old the lawmaker, actual, yeah. like, ju- like, judge yeah. pistol. Yeah, because the guy's like, you shouldn't touch that. It's specifically made to the DNA. You're going to get hurt. And he's... Surprise, it's actually mm-hmm. mine. Boom, you're dead. Oh. Authorized user. By the way, can I ask, this Go movie was rated R. All I saw was PG-13 stuff. There is some interesting backstory. It started off as NC-17. What? Was hoping to go to PG-13, and then they settled on R. What was NC-17? They they must have taken out like a strip club scene or something? Well, it's the director. It's Dan Cannon. He wanted it to be true to the source material. And if you actually go back and look at old Judge Dredd comics, Mm -hmm. it's gory. It's got nudity, violence, swearing. It's got everything. It's like, as far as you can put it in publication, it has everything you can put into there. So... They toned it down a little bit for Hollywood, but it did end up being an R rating. And for this one, I think it's just because of swearing and maybe a little bit of violence. Because for as many people die, you don't see much blood. It's sci-fi. No, it was, that's what, to me, it seemed like, well, now that you've told the story, that's what the story is. But but maybe it was because of this director, because it seemed like when Deadpool came out, a lot of of fans of Deadpool said, this movie better be rated R. Absolutely. Quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like, People were saying, this movie better be rated R. So they were just like, okay, it's rated R. You know, even though I didn't see anything worse than any PG-13 movie in there at all. And the the only justification I can find for it online, because it should have been like a Deadpool. Anybody that was a fan of the Dread comics should have known that what they were getting in for. But apparently, according to Internet Rumor, it's all Stallone. He wanted this to be an action comedy more than he wanted it to be like a Judge Dread official, like, authentic to its original comic. Well, he got the first part right. So the action part, right? <laughs> action. But he wanted it to be he wanted it to be like a like a diehard or some, yeah, obviously. Some, something Hollywood. So if you go on the internet, there's a lot of button heads between him and the director, much oh. like he took off his helmet and wanted to show his face. Like 
apparently there's an aspect where Stallone was a little bit more of a force in this movie than he should have been. So that's why uh, we get a little bit of a toned down dread. So Yes. Okay, I see. <laughs> the one thing I did read is that this is considered Sylvester Stallone's worst movie. It still made its money back, but yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so or, the, or there's Demolition Man, which I also always get confused with this movie, but that's another podcast, I think. So the the next scene is the reporter and his wife, and the reporter's like saying, "Like I'm gonna blow the whole thing wide open," and then the door opens, and Judge Dredd, quote unquote, blows yep. them both away. But you're sitting there going, "Like that's obviously the Rico guy." They didn't even. It wasn't even. This is like straight up poor storytelling <laughs> because i mean part of if you're telling the story right you're supposed to halfway think judge dread did do it true but you never think judge dread did it you know it was that rico guy 100 percent. absolutely you know they immediately like arrest judge dread and then they have this trial and you're sitting there going like well he's not guilty because we know he's not there's no it was the most undramatic trial scene i've ever seen <laughs> in my life poor diane lane she's a good actor oh she's a great actor great. but not <laughs> not not in this court. No. Not in this court. No. Because apparently the bullets are DNA coded and this is all set up from the start and they didn't like they hint like they tried to give it a little shadowy mystique for like 30 seconds and then, <laughs> and then by the time the court case rolls around you're like, "Oh, I think this is a setup." And you're right. Yeah. It was very I don't I don't know what juvenile. I don't it just seemed like I guess juvenile by I mean it seemed like when you're playing with your pretend with your friends. Yes. And it's just like, cause reasons, <laughs> you know, I'm the bad guy and I'm framing this guy. And mm -hmm. also we're hitting check boxes and this yes. is Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Cause reasons. And the, they're having like, she can just walk up to him and talk to him while he's on trial and just kind of like sit there and be like, did you know this was going to happen? No, I didn't know this. I objected to this. It was like I said, it was like what a 12 year old thinks court is. Oh, they watched the people's court once. And, <laughs> and that, uh, I don't know how authentic this is to the comics, but it is like like futuristic turned up to 11 court. Like there's objections and there's evidence, but also like we got 30 seconds to figure out this decision. So we only got 90 minutes. Come on. <laughs> we got to move this along. So, yes, the video can't be submitted, but also there's DNA bullets. Also, he's guilty and this person's stepping down. So let's go. We got it. We got a second act to get to. Absolutely. <laughs> crazy i know it was so quick and then my head was spinning like it was so quick like next thing you know all of a sudden it's like con air you know <laughs> it's that movie all of a sudden right where he's on this transport plane thing whatever yeah and guess who sit next to him rob schneider that's it oh yeah. what a coincidence yeah whoa you wrongly accuse you wrongly accuse me dread and of course some guys like that's dread i have a knife hidden in my pocket what what a horrible freaking pat down. So they, they have all this high technology and they can't. It wasn't even a plastic knife. It wasn't. It, it was. was a, a, yeah. yeah. Like, how do you still have that in his pocket? <laughs> did, he, did he not set off a metal detector that they have in the future? Obviously. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, one quick shout out to Max von Sydow, though, because he is the chief justice. Yes. He did step down to give leniency to Judge Dredd. So he has life imprisonment as opposed to immediate death. So yes. But, like, that concept of, like, once you're done with your justice job, it's like, okay, go wander the wastelands. Like, what? Yeah, that, yeah, that didn't make any sense. Like, that's a thing? Yeah. It's like, why would you ever want to retire? <laughs> because you want to travel the desert. You want to <laughs> see some new sites. I guess. 
You want some of that sunshine that apparently nobody is used to because once they open the doors and let them out, everybody's like, oh, so bright. Now, here's here's one thing. I'm going to give it one prop here. One, one thing that it did right is that, so other than the, the thing that they did wrong, like why did that guy have a knife on him? Mm-hmm. But the commotion of him having a knife distracts the pilots enough that they don't notice that there's these weird inbred rednecks with a rocket launcher. But I think that was kind of the point of it because yes. otherwise you say like, oh, how did their systems not pick up that they're being targeted? It, it was the but, right amount of chaos, absolutely. Yeah, so that was good writing, actually. You get a little point for that. And and that's the benefit of that second act is that whole, It's uh, I think they call them the Angel Clan, but yeah. it is the cursed Earth uh, mutant sort of human redneck, yeah. non-city dweller stereotype of... I'm going to get me a city boy, and I'm going to take his ears. From my research, those guys are in the comic book, and they're pretty spot on. I got you. Because I kind of, I like them. I mean, it was kind of Goonies-ish. Yes. I mean, that one cybernetic guy was cyber sloth. Mean machine. Yes. But that is the kind of stuff that's in Judge Dredd. Guys who look like that? Absolutely. Yeah. So they did a good job with, like I said, from what I can tell, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the comic book. But from what I can tell, the aesthetic of this is right. I get you. But I guess the way the main characters act and all that kind of stuff is wrong. So I could see how that'd be so frustrating for fans of this, you know? I get it. Uh, Because now we have Stallone and Rob Schneider reunited. This is where they finally come back together on that prison transport ship and they're captured by this family. And I'm telling you, the chemistry between them, I mean, it's like Falcon, Winter Soldier, Bucky and Sam. I mean, (laughs) chef's kiss. Can you can you feel the sarcasm that 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 was packaged in? It was that was straight sarcasm. Their chemistry was non-existent. For every serious line that Stallone had, Rob Schneider had his little chime in like. Uh, amen hallelujah brother like comedy relief uh, it was uh, it was it was forced and weird it was it was not good at all but we do get the the, the flip side of that is we do get stallone actually being an action star this time yeah, he's yeah. like running through hallways and actually headbutting people yeah. and like shooting guns and not just being great. like i'm the law yeah that was great other than the fact there was fun, one funny thing it was like the the dad of the angel gang like it took him like twenty years to run across the room to mm-hmm. stab. It was like, where, where, where did you go for? You were just standing right there, and then it's like they show him like, ah, and he's coming at him, and it was like an ultra slow motion, but it wasn't in slow motion. It was so weird. They had weird use of like slow motion at times in this that didn't seem to work or fit. You know, I guess they had to stretch out some scenes, be like. <laughs> We're only at an hour and 27 <laughs> minutes. We need to make this an hour and 30 we, minutes. We cut out all that gore, I guess, or whatever. Apparently, that was a thing. Like, the British version is different from the U.S. version. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, that, uh, oh. according to the internet, they, they take out, absolutely, they take out Pa Angel before his time. They take out Max von Sydow. He comes to save the day. Yeah, he comes to save the day. And then the mean machine just stabs him, yeah. like, right there. Like, that's all you're good for? Ugh. Such a cop-out. Such a lame thing. Yes, that was lame. But that does mean that Stallone and Rob Schneider get to go on to save the day in the third act. But uh, it was so you're right. It was so it would have been much better in my mind, much better story storytelling. But where are we with this movie anyway? I mean, yes. what are we going to fix? Mm-hmm. We'd have to recast a lot of stuff to fix it in my <laughs> mind. But it'd be much better storytelling for Max von Sydow to go back to him with the city and then like be killed by Rico. Why not? Yeah. Oh, uh. I mean, it'd be much more satisfying for him to be killed by 
who we find out is his clone. We that, find out that that's the reveal. Yes, yeah, that's the, the sci-fi twist. The sci-fi twist because we find out this because Hershey's doing an investigation on her own and she's using this one academy student who and that's the thing. Here's where the diversity was. All those all those academy students were like all the races. So maybe that's the new generation. That's so, the woke generation. So well, maybe that's hey, maybe they knew what was going on. This is it's kind of the fear of a lot of the people politically. Like all the all the young kids, all, all the, the white, whippersnappers, but all the all the straight white males are living in poverty, and all of the the people of other colors are being lifted up. Oh, they're they're going through the program. They're going to take <laughs> over. They're going to be in charge. Oh no, it's the future. <laughs> uh, it was just. I'm not trying to be political. It's just funny. We're trying to be funny here, everybody. And another funny thing is this whole clone twist aspect, because like. Well, it's in the. He is a clone in the comic book, and uh, uh, I have this in my notes. Like this is a directly ripped from the comic book storylines from the seventies. Like this is taking place in the comics, and they're bringing it back. But like also, like Judge Dredd is a clone, and Rico is a clone, and they're both brothers, and they were just part of a program. Like that's sci-fi one-on-one. This seems to me. This smells like the check boxes you're talking about. Like, yeah. What can we do to take the uh, not the humanity out of it? I don't know, but like. What can we do to make it more sci-fi? And it's yeah. like, oh, they're clones. They were grown in a lab, and now they're like, he's the perfect good guy, and Rico's the perfect bad guy, and now they have to clash. Like, good job. That that solves your narrative problem, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, that is very comic booky, and I think it was in the comic book. So absolutely, I don't know. I'm not going to knock him for that. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to knock him for some of the execution of it. But anyway. So we're moving quick because this movie moves quick because they go straight from the wasteland back to the city to take Rico out. Not before we get that cool tunnel scene where Stallone has to show his action movie run again. And he's oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to run with Rob Schneider and also I'm going to shoot out this gate uh-huh. and we as, we avoid the flames. Yes, and, and Rob Schneider's Jar Jar Binksing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> this was before that movie, too. It's true, but it's, it's the same kind of role. It is the same kind of role. <laughs> So we we head off to the clone facility in Mega City, which is inside the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> of course, because sure, because sure, why not? Mega City, Mega, yeah, Mega Liberty. <laughs> and <laughs> Rico is he's the ultimate bad guy, so he's taking over the. Now that the Chief Justice Mass von Sydow has left, the other guy who we knew from the beginning, <laughs> yes, was gonna be a bad guy is the bad guy and he's like the clone program we're going to make we're going to kill all these judges so that we can make new judges justify the clone program happening and That's, we can make new judges in a day like yeah, it, it, it it was weird but uh, interesting sci-fi yeah sure yeah. yeah so we can clone these new judges and because i have all this dna of the best and brightest people we ever had and then rico's like i'm the best and brightest anyone ever had he's like ditch that dna and use mine and yeah. then, of course, the new chief justice comes in. He's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm doing what I want to do. You're dead." <laughs> well, no, he well he had the robot rip his arms off, Wookiee style. True. And I could see how that would give you a if they actually filmed that happening, that could give you a R rating at least. But uh, all they showed was like blood pouring down. Was, again, PG thirteen stuff. It's true. Uh, but apparently, like you specifically, you calling that out is actually true. Like the arms and legs ripping off was apparently in the original cut that was ah. supposed to be NC seventeen. Yeah. But then Stallone was like, "No, we're gonna make this family friendly." Of course. <laughs> it's uh, so the priorities of Hollywood are so different. It's a weird balance. Like w- it's outside of our control, but like we we get 
Ar- Armandasante is he's he's saying my DNA is the best and was like, we know you're a bad guy. Why why is this happening? But yes. Yeah. And where did his girlfriend come from all of a sudden? She just showed up out of nowhere. It's like it's like Diane Lane, not enough for you guys to look at. Here's her. You're tired of seeing Stallone not wearing much clothes? And it's true, though. She only she only does show up to be like his, uh, to be Rico's sidekick and, and also Diane lead the fight and have the cat fight between <laughs> her and Diane Lane. Like she needed some counterpoint. Oh, that's hilarious. It was a checkbox. That was a checkbox. Uh, checkbox. Absolutely. Yes. I'm with you. It was like Diane Lane needs someone to fight. Here's the stuff. There's, you know, and that has the whole line where she's fighting her. Yes. She calls her a witch with a B and she's like, that's judge. <laughs> Which with a B. It's the 90s. It's a different time. I know. It's so, <laughs> the, again, checkbox. But the, also we get uh, Rico. He's he's doing the bad guy monologue. You never monologue. <laughs> yeah. If we're talking checkboxes, one checkbox you should never hit is never monologue. Be like, I've created the perfect future. Look at all these clones I've made of me. I have this fantastic robot. I wish there wasn't a, a weird Rob Schneider hacker around to mess with my robot. But oh no, there's a yeah. Rob Schneider hacker around to mess with my robot. Yeah, that's what you get for monologuing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And I was just waiting for Rob Schneider to save the day eventually, because that's always the comic relief always does that checkbox. That's it. Comic relief saves the hero, makes himself worth something. Checkbox. <laughs> and then those half-made clones. Yes. were so cool looking, but all they did was sit up in their beds. That's it. They never ever fought or did anything. That was so disappointing. He's like, release them now. And then the supercomputer's like, they're not ready. And he's like, but I need reinforcements. And I'm like, cool, there's going to be, yeah. Stallone's going to be fighting these ghoul looking things. No, all they did was like have a jump scare when it sat up and then another one sat up <laughs> and then nothing ever happened. <laughs> Hollywood said we had to save this for the sequel that never happened, and we can't use them right now. But yeah, no, totally unused. Other than the jump scare, I'm with you. But even with that monologue, that monologue too was what the part I was talking about when Armand Desante's monologuing mm-hmm. and Stallone standing there, and it's like, why is Stallone even here? I mean, it's <laughs> you're being outacted so hard right now. It's ridiculous. I was sitting there watching. Stallone was like so on purpose standing in a way that made him look the most muscular. Yes. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, he's doing action movie pose, <laughs> but Armando Sante is doing... He's, he's, he's acting. He's, but in a perfect bad guy way. Like, I know. He's chewing the scenery. He's giving his monologue. He's doing like... Oh, the whole spe- like he's not wrong about his speech, but he's it's like you know he's the bad guy and just walking circles around Stallone. But Stallone's like, oh, <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch my way out of this problem, <laughs> which he does. And then we get the most unsatisfying checkboxy villain death, yes, of the '90s. How did the villain die in Die Hard? How did a villain die in what, was it RoboCop? Yep. What else? Die so Hard, RoboCop. Every Disney movie? Lethal Weapon, I'm pretty sure. Every, every, Dis- Disney, every movie? Disney movie? They fall from a great height. <laughs> checkbox. Into the dark forbidden abyss. Yes. And this even had the checkbox of the prequels. Oh, no, the hero is going to fall. Nope, the bad guy is going to fall. And also it happens to take place at the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. Like, also bonus. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. I only have one thing in my notes. 
but this sort of some like the fact that this line showed up in the third act and this was Stallone's final line to his brother like so we have the sci-fi twist they're clones they were raised together they were friends he betrayed them there's a whole B plot to the Rico dread story right mm, yeah but then dread kills Rico he throws him off statue of liberty and he says court's adjourned like <laughs> like that i know that's the movie they're setting up i know it's such a like the line is appropriate. I'm not faulting the writers, but womp womp. Uh, yeah, womp womp. Exactly. And then, of course, then they have to have the button scene on the end. Absolutely. With I do not know what Rob Schneider by himself on a gurney <laughs> interjecting in the middle of it. Like you just they kept going back to him <laughs> like it was MST3K or something. It was like he was one of the heads down there, wasn't it? It was so out of place. I guess his comedic relief, he has to have a certain a certain amount of lines of dialogue. I guess so. They come on, they're like, we want you to be chief justice. He's like, no, I'm a street judge. I got to be a street cop. Yeah. You know, I want to get back on the beat. I'm getting back on the beat. And then Diane Lance is like, obligatory movie kiss, checkbox. <laughs> and there's so much still up in the air. Like, they, they let us know that the council is no longer exists. Uh-huh. Like, they need to refill the council. Yeah. But they're leaving it open for that Judge Dread too. I, 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 that's probably the best explanation for it. That but is the explanation for it. Uh, the ending is so weird. Just the fact that there were, yeah, Judge Dredd's like, oh, I'm back to business, back to duty. Put my helmet on, get yeah. on my motorcycle, see you later. Like, we'll just forget that Project Janus was a whole thing and yeah. the council doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But now I got a, I got a new friend and a girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, Judge Dredd, 1995. Now... I smell a pizza, so that means our pizza is here. Ding dong. And because our pizza is here, that means it's the end of the podcast. But before we can end it, we have to give our pizza ratings and do final thoughts. Yes. So any final thoughts before our pizza ratings, Mikey? Um, just another shout out to, go. like, I did see this in the theaters when I was 12. And I had a great time because I was 12. Going back to it again, the practical effects still hold up. For as much as this is a 90s comic book movie before they got it right, it's still kind of a good time. But as far as the atmosphere in the world goes, outside of the acting and the weird story, like there's a lot that is really that still holds up about this movie. So I'll say that. But if we're doing pizza ratings now... Yeah, go ahead and do it. You're doing a good setup for uh, it. Uh, for my pizza rating, I have to go four slices, maybe with one topping, because it's enjoyable. But it's it's of its time. It's super yeah. 90s. It's before comic book movies really knew what they wanted to be. So, yeah, half, half a pizza. Half a me. pizza. Four out of eight slices. I would have to say that I'm actually concurring with you. Ooh. We don't do that a lot. But I feel so the same way about this movie. This is not a bad, bad movie. No. Nope. It's not horrible. Like I said, it has all these checkboxes. It is a very... 1995 action film. Absolutely. It is 100% that. It's I will say it's a bad comic book movie. True. But it's not a bad action movie from 1995. So I didn't hate myself for watching it. Mm-hmm. That helps that it's only an hour and a half. So I'm going to say what I like to do is I like to give slices for the things I like. There you go. So that's kind of how I get to my pizza rating. Mm-hmm. So... It gets a slice for the aesthetic was great. It gets a slice for the awesome practical effects and that robot. Um, <laughs> the ABC robot. It absolutely. gets a slice for Armand Asante 
Ooh, absolutely. And and, and also, I'm going to give it a slice for... I liked the fact that we were able to go into the wasteland and see what that was like. You know how I like post-apocalyptic stuff? I thought that that Angel Gang, they hit right for me, even though they were kind of... That's the kind of comic relief that a movie like this should have. And the world building. Making fun of hillbillies and stuff like that. And, you know, that kind of thing. And then maybe I I think I will, too, with you. I'm going to put on that topping just for that one topping, just for a little bit of... Because Armando Sante was so good. (laughs) You know, that little bit extra. And also, too, I'm going to, one of the costumes, most of the costumes seem like cosplay to me and they're goofy, but one of the costumes, the, I don't know, the special forces guys, the guys in black oh, with right. the, who are after the ship crashed in the wasteland and they're after Judge Dredd. That's right. They had awesome costumes and awesome guns, and I would love to see them do stuff more. So they're, they get, that's the extra meat on it. So I'm going the same with you four slices with a topping. I have to add in one bit of trivia because it's in my notes, but Giovanni Versace was actually part of the costume Costume design. design, And The Cure did the theme song? Oh, oh, we didn't even talk about it. Yeah. It was called The Dread Song, specifically made by The Cure for this movie. (laughs) What? Well, that's what they did in the 90s. That's part of this being a 90s action movie. But to have that much, like outside cultural influence into this movie is uh, it's great it's yeah i mean it's very 90s action movie so four out of eight with one topping for both of us there you go. i think which is we don't hate it nope. would i would i watch it again right now no if it was on tv would i stop and watch it depends on the scene there i mean go. if it's if the if i know that the road i'm about to see the robot I'm going to watch that. There you go. If I know I'm about to see Armando Sante like, <laughs> go off, I might do that. But everything in between, if this was just a movie about Rico and his robot, it would have been like the best movie ever. And with those mutants from the cursed earth? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> but it wasn't. So, oh, man, I'm ready to eat this pizza Let's that go. we have here because it looks much better than a Judge Dredd pizza. <laughs> So when the pizza's here, that's the end of our podcast. We want you guys to let us know what you think of the 1995 Judge Dredd. So next week, we're going to watch Judge Dredd 2012. It's just called Dredd, though, right? Yeah, just Dredd. Carl Urban? Carl Urban in his best. One of your favorites. Oh, Mikey's Not to my hat too early, but I love that movie. So we want to hear from you guys. Did you love Judge Dredd 1995? Are we way off? Or did you think it was the worst movie you ever saw? Why did we watch it? Why are we reassuming it at all? It's mainly so we can watch the other one and it's true. review that. And anyway, so it's a part um, of the process. You can um, hit us up on our social medias at Assuming Positions at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I ask Mikey what form he we should send it in. So to let us know what you think about Judge Dread 1995 in the form of police bulletin like, ah, yeah an apb all points bulletin. absolutely apb we got our we got our reports out this movie is bad this movie is 290s uh this movie also has too much stallone and schneider in it but it's also great oh man <laughs> yeah we definitely want to let us know and thank you guys so much for listening we also want to thank that guy brad for doing our own thing not scott production for equipment jazzar for music and we hope you have a great week and we look forward to telling you all about Dread 2012. I am the law. I am the law.
Judge Dredd, 1995. Judge Dredd, 1990. <laughs> I keep doing it. Sorry. Judge Dredd, 1995. Now, 